So here we are with our next instalment of our original strand of podcasts. And our aim with this strand was to talk to a variety of different creatives to explore how their story shows up in their creative practice. And we've really tried to allow those conversations to be really broad, to in, to invite a really broad selection of people to explore that idea. So I'm really, really excited that we have Chris Nash with us today. I feel very excited to have Chris here, not, not just because you have the same name as me, <laughs> but we are... <laughs> not related you know to be fully transparent as far as we know we are not related um but also I've just been thinking you know you're a photographer and you work in the visual and our work is about words and sound so I feel really excited just to just to kind of be playing with that idea of the the visual and sounds words and images I guess um but as we always do I'm going to invite you Chris to in to introduce yourself. So take it away. Okay. Well, yes, as you've so rightly said, I am Chris Nash. Um, <laughs> I am a photographer, um, but I, I concentrate mostly on dance um, performance. Um, and, you know, my, my sort of role is that people come to me for um, publicity pictures, but these are publicity pictures that we create in a, in a studio rather than me just going photographing something that already exists on stage. Mm. So there's a lot of interaction between me and the choreographer or the, the theatre maker or whoever mm. to be able to create something kind of from scratch that is going to represent something that in, you know, two months, three months' time is going to end up as a finished piece. So that's, that's my, my role um, and then there are there are things around that as well that, that I do that end up in you know personal projects or other sorts of projects that are working with visual artists or you know but that's 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 mostly what I what I do. Great, great, thank, thank you, Chris. You. That sort of immediately sent me spinning off about yeah, of course, the difference between being a photographer who turns up to photograph a performance which is happening there and the difference as you've as you've talked about between ma making something in its own right from from something that already exists i hadn't I'm, really thought about that i'm really excited to explore that but i kind of want to go back to the beginning to to understand how 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 you came to be where you are now chris like your journey if we if we think of um original part of that for us is about origin and our origins um, and what those origin moments are for for each of us where would you go if i said what are your origin moments that have sparked where you are now well if i mean if you'd have asked me that like you know 20 years ago i, I would have immediately have said well um, my sort of origin moment was when I was at art school. I was at Goldsmiths doing fine art, and I met a dancer student from Laban because Laban was, was associated with Goldsmiths then. Um, and I met her. <laughs> so it's such a corny story, but I met her. Another corny story. <laughs> <laughs> I met her at the student um, disco, basically, and she uh, like she caught my eye and. And then at the end of the evening, she came, she, she sort of did this dance in front of me, which was kind of for me. Huh. Um, and then we, you know, we spent the 
the night and the next day together. And it was just this, it was like this amazing kind of moment. And from that, I then discovered contemporary dance because I'd never seen any dance, I'd never seen any ballet or I'd never been mm. interested in, in that kind of world. But suddenly this was a whole other thing, you know, this, this was contemporary dance. And uh, to get to watch them taking class, that was an amazing thing. And then to go and see performances. Um, and the first big performance that I went to see was um, Ron Bear at the Roundhouse doing a Lindsay Kemp collaboration, which was uh, Cruel Garden, which was an interpretation of a Lorca um, story. So, and, and that was incredibly theatrical. And the Roundhouse was a, was a venue that I'd only gone to see, you know, rock and roll bands and, and, and stuff. Like that. And so now this thing was another thing entirely. But in a way, it was kind of the same because it was about lights and excitement and, and you know, brilliant stuff on, on stage. So I was immediately in there with it. Um, so that, you know, that was my moment of sort of then thinking, you know, because I, I was doing a lot of photography at, at, at the time. And then, you know, it was one tiny step from, from that to me thinking, I should be photographing this because mm. this is really interesting. That's so that, that would, you know, like if you'd asked me that, that was my obvious sort of origin moment. But, Chris, I'm just going to jump in to just yeah. identify what you've done so um, beautifully and instinctively is, to, is just take us to those specific moments. And when we're, when we're working with people and their stories, um, it's very easy for us to talk about our past very generally. But I, lo- I, c- I have an image of you at this at this disco with this woman in front of you doing this dance. It's kind of, it's not corny, it's like archetypal, this meeting of, of these two art forms in these two people. I yeah, love absolutely. And then, and then, of course, you know, what I do now, what it's evolved into is, is that um, I have a dancer in front of me at exactly the same kind of distance <laughs> doing a dance that's just for me displaying something, allowing me to watch, making a connection. I've repeated that moment continuously through my career. (laughs) I know, but it took me so long to realise that that was going on. That's wonderful realisation, though. That is great. There, there was uh, a very eloquent bit of body language, which I, I just want to share because people listening to this won't have seen that the first time you talked about the dancer doing this dance just for you, that your right eyebrow shot up <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, did it again. So, you know, that that is that's that moment in time. But what's what's brilliant about what you've just said you know we talk about in storytelling this idea that the listening shapes the telling the way that you listen to something creates what can be spoken and what you're describing is there's you with your camera and a dancer dancing for you but of course the way that you are looking at the dance is is shaping is shaping the movement there is that same reciprocal relationship but in in absolutely Absolutely. And also, I mean, I, I had this conversation a little while ago about when, when, you're, when you're looking at things, you're, you're hoping to, to, to see them. And by seeing them, you're, you're developing an understanding of them. 
And that's exactly the same process as when you're listening to something, you're hoping to develop an understanding of it. And so when dancers dance, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to hear what they're saying. I'm hoping to see what, who they are and what they are and how they are. Um, so it's very much the same, same process, that listening and, and seeing and, and hearing and mm. observing, you know, they're, they're, all, they're all wound up in the same process. The body is the words and your lens is the ear. Uh, we're just looking at with different senses in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so, you know, the, every dancer has got a story to, to, to tell. Um, it's, I mean, it can be an emotional story. It can be a very abstract story or, you know, whatever. But there's some, there's some narrative there just in them performing. And it doesn't matter what it is that they're performing. Just when they're moving, they have a way of moving that's unique to, to, to them. And so when I'm watching, I'm trying to figure out what that is, what's unique about about them and the way that they move and how can I retell that story so that other people see it as, as well, you know, or as they see it as, as I see it, or, you know, there's, there's that retelling that is part of the process. It's really sophisticated, isn't it? I think that, um, you know, many of us would just think, well, you point the lens and you you hope to capture capture a, a great moment. Um, and if you and if you if you press the shutter, and, and, and. <laughs> <laughs> but this idea that um, the different levels of story that are being told because there's the dancer you've said, and mm. that every dancer, even if the choreographer is asking them to do the same move, is choreographed the same move for them, has their own story behind. Mm. Um, and then there's the story of the choreographer, the, whatever they're trying to communicate through the moves that they've designed. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there is your interpretation. I mean, you are you're in dialogue with that, but you're you're not neutral. No, absolutely not. And and you know, when I first started, um, you know, using a camera, it. it it became obvious to me that um, you know pictures are made; they're not they're not taken. Um, and as a photographer, you're making constant choices, and those choices are you know a way of sort of editing down the, the the world to these these sort of single moments. But those single moments contain the things that you want to be there, that you're interested in, that are reflecting your view of the world, your inter- interpretation of the world. So. Um, you know, photographs are a very made um, thing. They're, they're, they're artifice. They're, 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 they're not like this sort of, um, you know, dispassionate um, window on, on the world that people are just look, looking through to see what's, what's going on. You know, it, it's, it's not like that at all. It's, it's as, you know, Picasso says, it's the, it's the lie that tells the truth. It's, it's artificial. It's artifice. But you're hoping to reflect some sort of, truth about the world but it's the it's the truth as you see it you know it's very subjective Mm. so what's your memory what's your first memory of picking up a camera and and looking through it and taking a picture um well that was when i guess when i was about 15 or 16 or something um and i had a you know a little a little kodak brownie or something um, as a teenager, and I, and I took took a few pictures, but I mean, I didn't take very many. And and also, you know, like when you were asking me about my origin <laughs> moment, you, you know, I mean, most photographers would probably point to the their first camera, you know. But I 
I wasn't that interested. Um, and when you asked me again, you know, what was my origin? I, I said, you know, if you'd asked me that, you yeah. know, you know. But my answer now is actually a little bit different because it, when I was 14, 15, 16, I was doing a lot of um, life drawing as part of my arts, you know, at, at, um, GCSE and then and then A level. And it again, it's taken me decades to realise this, but um, that those life drawing classes were really really special. They had a really massive impact on me. A because you know, as a boy at an all all boys school, <laughs> to, to in the this was you know, like one evening a week going to an adult education institute and and doing life drawing with 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 grown ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, um, naked models. Um, you know, completely blowing my mind uh, <laughs> that this is actually happening in front of me. <laughs> as, as a, allowed to just draw it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also the, the other thing was that um, because it, I, I lived um, quite a way away from the school, so there wasn't there wasn't time for me to go back home and come back in the evening for the for the class. So I would unbeknownst to my parents or my teachers, I would go to the local pub and spend an hour or so there <laughs> having a drink. This, this is in Dover. You know, these things happen. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, How steady was and then And then go to the life drawing class. So in this sort of warm, beery haze of amazing sort of can't believe this is actually happening and I get to draw and and stare at these you know naked I mean this wasn't just naked women but you know it just seemed that is this actually happening you know this is amazing <laughs> um but so then you know I I go to art school I do more life life drawing there lots lots of drawing um and then about um, uh, in, uh, was it 2006 or something, I got a grant to be able to take some time out from, from commercial work and, and concentrate on some things. So I, I got together with a, um, a portrait painter who, was, who wanted to do some life, life drawing classes, with, but just with a few people. And, um, and I wanted to take up the life drawing again. I hadn't done it for, for ages. Uh, and then I... Doing that, we did that for for about four or five months, quite you know, like a couple of times a week. Um, practice, practice, practice. And it, it made me realise that again, the photography that I've been doing, where I'm looking at the the figure, I'm looking at line, I'm looking at light, I'm looking at weight, about placement, I'm looking at all those things, and all those are all the things that you look at when you're doing life drawing, and it's absolutely the same thing that I'm doing I'm looking at the body I'm looking at the figure and I'm looking at the curves the lines the weight the muscles the 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 placement the it's all exactly the same thing that you do in life drawing that I am, have been doing for the last 30 40 years with 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 my photography <laughs> so that is my origin moment <laughs> well, you can have more than one. Yeah, you can have more than yeah. one. Of course, of course, we've all got multiple ones. But it's really interesting when we're able to identify uh, that plus that plus that. Yeah, yeah. And and what you've also identified is how over time we discover more, mm. more about the past, which is 
which is always fascinating. The story, it's like the story changes. Yeah. Um, why didn't you become a fine artist drawing life? <laughs> life then? I mean, what's... <laughs> Well, we know. We well, know. I, yes, I, I know that. Uh, yes, apart from the well, well, I, I guess what's because you've given us that image of you at the Roundhouse, and anybody that's been and seen something live at the Roundhouse knows the energy in that that space. And I see you in that space, and you know you've you mentioned Rombert and Kemp and Lorca, and uh, and I get a sense mm. of the bombardment of your senses with. You know, as you said, it was a space where you'd seen live music. So there's something really visceral about it, which is very different from fi the fine art drawing of, of figures. Mm. So I just wondered why you why you didn't why you didn't pursue the the fine art in the same way. I think when you know when I got to um, to Gold, Goldsmiths, I the 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 first thing that really I got caught up on was making 3D objects, you know. So I, I did a lot of sculpture, basically, oh. um, and so the the, um, the life drawing was kind of part of that. But make, making three dimensional things was that was really exciting to me, um, and I like making things. I like constructing things. You know, that's that's another thing that I've always kind of, you know, like like to do. Um, and so for the first couple of years of that course, of the foundation course and then the, the, the BA course, I was, I was making sculptures. Um, and actually, it was, it was only until I, I um, as part of the course, uh, there was a, um, a sort of darkroom course. Um, and I needed to do that because I needed to be photographing the pieces that I was making because some of them were quite big and I didn't have anywhere to store them. So actually, they, you know, I'd photograph them and then would have to sort of throw the pieces away, kind of, because mm -hmm. there was nowhere to keep them. And then I got kind of, I kind of got more interested in photographing the pieces than actually making them. <laughs> um, but it was, the, you know, the darkroom course, that, that few days in the darkroom printing, again, that was like, oh, this is magic. This is, this is alchemy, you know, there's nothing like it. Um, and that re that also really fired me me up. So for you know like about twenty twenty five years, I've had a darkroom. Um, I haven't had one for a long time because of digital. But but um, for you know the longest time, I always had a darkroom. I loved printmaking and experimenting in the darkroom and and you know producing you know different sorts of, of um, photographic images. So. That that's, that was a big part of of why photography sort of drew me, and and perhaps not the the traditional kind of uh, um, yeah mark making of uh, mm. fine art. It's interesting, is it? Would it be simplistic to to see photography as somewhere between the two, between the two D of of a, a drawn image on on a piece of paper and the the three D of sculpture and photography is i mean it is 2d it's on a flat surface but um you're bringing to life the 3d if you're photographing something that's 3d um yeah maybe because when you know when you when you're photographing something what what you're what you're looking at is light and how light sort of plays across objects and reflects off objects and and illuminates things so um and when you're yeah when you're making objects you're always sort of a, thinking about 
you know every aspect of them and 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 you know literally just sort of walking ar around them to look at them from all, all angles as yeah. you're making things you know and, and yeah it's sort of um but the, but but all of all of those things all of those things that i've mentioned are all about looking and observing and and photography is the thing where you get permission to look and observe mm. and so I mean, there's, there's other reasons why I really took to, to photography, and, and that's that's kind of key to it because, you know, I was really I was really shy as a as a as a teenager, and and um, when when I sort of discovered that the the camera can sort of allow you into situations, but you don't actually have to be a participant, you don't have to expose yourself in 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 that way. You don't have to do anything. You can just observe. It gives you permission to just be there as an observer. And I love that. You know, that suited me just fine. <laughs> so it, it, it gave me access to all these sort of exciting situations. Um, but I didn't have to sort of actually take part in those situations, which is what, you know, usually that's the only reason why you'd be allowed into to particular situations is if you're, if you're actually taking part. So, mm. so that is like a key that unlocks lots of doors, but safely. <laughs> and, lots of, and lots of photographers have that, have that view, you know, like the camera is a bit of a, I'd rather be this side of the camera than the other side. It's that, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I know photographers who who admit to kind of hiding behind the camera, that being a, a, yeah. a nice, safe boundary between yeah. the other things. Well, and it's so, and it's and it's really powerful. Even though you are invisible, you are just you looking is changing what's happening. I mean, as a performer, you know, I think I'm quite shy too. But as a performer, you know, adopt being somebody else or adopting some other behaviours or behaving in a kind of heightened way weirdly mm. I, you know i i find that that feels really safe even though there might be lots of people watching me but just stepping into like you know it's something about the the rules of the engagement or something I guess. absolutely and dancers dancers feel the same way you know when they're on stage they've got that fourth wall that, that, that's 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 keeping them safe and it's their it's their environment and they're in control they're at their best they're being their best selves you know all of that um, and that's that's also something that I've found incredibly rewarding. And that when you get a dancer into a studio, it's a different situation. So quite often you find you get a dancer into into a studio, you know, where I'm looking at them quite intently, and there's nowhere to hide for them. Um, it can be quite intimidating. Yeah. And so when people do perform, you know, at their at their best, and they do give you that, you know, that part of themselves. It's it's really a fantastic thing, you know. It, it's it's I've I really value it, um, and it's it's incredibly satisfying to be able to share that. Yeah, and so so what kind of things do you do to make it that safe space for a dancer so that they can really be present? Um, well. I know, you know. I've seen I've seen other photographers at, at at work, and I've seen people that I've been mentoring, you know, sort of at work. And like the the another worst thing that you can do is 
to as a photographer is to be have too much kind of photography business going on when you're trying to photograph somebody really the the photography aspect of it should not be there mm. um so it's purely about the the person who's 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 performing it's all about them there's no distractions there's no hesitation that's caused by oh i'm sorry i just have to adjust this light it's only you know it'll be another 10 minutes sorry you just you know there's none of none of that being aware of the of the um uh, the practicalities of, mm-hmm. of taking photographs that sh- that should disappear mm-hmm. so that's what i try and do is i try and make sure that when when the dancer when a dancer comes in or when people are ready ready to 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 perform they can just get on get on with it and i you know can can photograph without any interruption without any hesitation or or a minimal amount of 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 interruption that's to do with you know resetting lights or resetting the camera or or any any of the sort of practicalities of taking photographs i i try and ensure that they can just get on with what they do and build a performance and build trust and um build a space that they can do their do their thing in do you do, that's, that's sort of the yeah, main thing. Yeah. Do, do you do that with words too? I mean, do you try to build a relationship with them by chatting to them? Because I'm interested in this, the way you've just described it is very much like I'm not there, I'm unobtrusive, there's not loads of assistants rushing around and stopping, you just want to create the space for them. And yet we've also kind of touched on this idea that your gaze has power, that mm-hmm. that. I don't know what that that um, kind of theorem is that you looking at it completely changes it mm. because it's yeah. been observed. It's like the tree falling in the forest. It's like you observing it changes it. That's the theory, theory of relativity, I think you've um, just described. Okay. I, just, yeah. I just encapsulated that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but how does that theory of relativity happen in that space when you're building a relationship, wanting to stay distant, uh, and yet you're there? Well, part part of it is, I mean, one of the things I mentioned is is um, being building trust with your with your performer or with your subject, you know, because that that's so important. And these days, and for a long time, um, I've I have a really good reputation within the within the dance world. Mm. People know my pictures. People know that um, you know when when I photograph dancers, I I I. Um, I can I can do it really well, um, but but it, you know because it is possible for photographers to photograph dancers really badly yeah. because of the, of the you know not recognizing the 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 moments within passages of of, of movement that that really you know stand out and show the dancers at, at at their best, or you know if it's something very technical like like light ballet for instance, noticing when feet are sort of not quite placed in the right place or or you know if the shoulders are too high or whether you know those kind those kind of things so that i come with a sort of implicit trust in a way people dancers know me and they know that they can trust me to portray them at their best and yeah. and that is a really important step you know and it took me a while to to build that um but once you know, once once it's there, then then that is that's that's a really important part of it. 
But that can also be a pressure, can't it? It's like, this guy's really good. <laughs> he knows his stuff. He's the best. And am I? And am I up to this moment with him? Yeah, that's that's true. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I try and make myself as, as sort of... Um, um, uh, like on on the on their level, I never I I, I never use that sort of authoritative approach. Mm. Um, I don't want to I don't want to talk down to people. I don't want to order people around. I just want people to 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 be themselves. And so I you know I kind of I am myself as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess it's it's just an attitude you know the, the, that that you bring in. I'm not the artist. They're the artist. You know. I'm there to serve them. And usually, you know, they're my employers. You know, the, the choreographers are, are there employing me. So I'm, I'm the employee. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to support. I'm, I'm there to, to help them express themselves. So I'm, I always come in with that, that sort of attitude that, I, you know, I'm, 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 not the, I'm not the most important person in the room at all. You know, I'm one of a team. Mm. It's a collaborative thing. I listen I listen to everybody, you, you know, so that all of those things, all, they all help because they all create, help to create an atmosphere where people can, they can, they can talk, they can say, they can do, they can be, you know, so mm-hmm. it's all of those things together, I think, you know, create that situation. I'm, I'm interested in this dynamic between, you said, I'm not, I'm not the artist, or something like that, which, of course, you are one of the artists in the room, and that dynamic between you and the choreographer and the the dancer, mm. and is the choreographer always there? Probably not, or are they? Um, most most times, yeah. They will, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, you know, work with, with dancers who are, you know, solo artists, and they, they make their own work, so in that way, they're, they're also there as a choreographer, but... But and sometimes I just work with with dancers because I love the way they move and I just want to make some pictures of them, you know. But right. um, but yeah, most times it's it, the reason we're there that we are there is to make a, uh, you know some photographs of a choreographer's work. Right. Um, and there's a, yeah, but then I will have had conversations with the choreographer beforehand. Um, we'll have talked about what they are trying to do in the in the piece that they're making the, the sort of ideas behind it the inspirations that you know where they're hoping that the, the piece will go um and so you're you know i'm there to to try and help them with that process so 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 what story does each picture want to tell maybe <laughs> i want just to bring the word story back into frame i'm kind of interested because you said something the other day um when you, you and i were just having a chat um about suspense and if anybody sees your photos and Mm. we really encourage people to to hunt you out and your fantastic book that you've just produced with Richard Alston Mm. I mean your ability to to capture that sense of capturing a moment which you know when we're talking about storytelling we're always encouraging people to um, excavate and explore a specific moment. Um, it's back to what I was saying before that w- what you did when you took us to the roundhouse, explore a specific moment. And and of course, your your images absolutely do that to the millisecond, the moment between this and that. Um, could you say something about about that? How how 
how this idea of the story of a picture or the, the uh, of encapsulating a moment mm. occurs to you as the maker of that picture? Well, we we were talking about about a very specific um, photograph that was a jump, and 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 jumps are they are the most immediate sort of form of dance photography in 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 that um, they have a, immediate action, and that action is is the sort of narrative of the of the of the picture, you know, um, and very obviously it's right there up up front, you know, so. And, and we we talked about jumps as as being um, a moment of suspense, and then you know making the the connection between um, storytelling and 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 you know um, and, and then the sort of narrative that you've got in that kind of picture. So it's when you have suspense in a story, you want to know what's going to happen next. You're desperate to know what's happened happens next. And it's the same with a same with a picture of a of a jump, you know. Um they're gonna fall. What's gonna happen, you know, is it, that's that's the sort of arc of the of the of that narrative. How did they get up in, into the air in the first place? Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and then what's gonna happen next? Well they're gonna fall down to the to, to, to the ground. So you've got this hanging and this, you know, literal suspense. And it's the same feeling that you get when you when you um, read, you know, something that's suspenseful, or you see it in a in a film. You know, you get to that moment of suspense. What's going to happen? The cliffhanger, etc. You know, so there's there's that. But in every picture, there are different sorts of narratives because you you um, uh, you've you've got the way that your eye travels around the the picture. That's that's the sort of storyline. Mm. Um, and that can be to do with um, how the um, light and shade are distributed around the picture, the the, the tones of the picture, the um, the colours of the, of the of the picture, where the colours are placed, and, and and so on. So you've got that journey that your eye takes. That that's one kind of journey, and a story is a is a journey, you know. Yeah. So, and then you've you've got what's actually happening in 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 the picture. Um, so there's the, the, the underlying narrative there um, about what are these people, if it's of people, which all my pictures are, you know, what, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Yeah. Um, what have they just been doing? What are they going to do next? You know, why are they, why are they wearing what they're wearing? Yeah, yeah. What, what's happening in the, in the backgrounds? What's that thing there? You know, all of these questions will, will, will come up when you're looking at any sort of picture, but, you know, specifically my, my pictures. Um, so there's... And I, I'm often putting in details in, in backgrounds and so on that, that kind of give little hints of narratives um, for people to, to make these sort of stories in their, in their head about what's going on in the, in, the, in the picture, what to expect from it. Or, you know, so, so there are these, all these different sorts of, of narratives that are involved in, in, in making photographs. Yeah, when we work with people on their stories, a lot of our work is about what what details are you going to choose that paint the picture, that move the story along. That's exactly. You know, um, can't remember who I was listening talking the other day, which somebody who had an idea about um, <clears throat> in your storytelling. Uh, it was Maggie O'Farrell. That was it. Talking about 
be really specific about details of things, not the details of ideas, because actually it's it's being drawn by a thing. And, in, you know, and in the example of an image, you know, seeing something and your eye traveling mm. takes you on that. The journey of the image takes you on the journey of the story. That idea of the journey that the eye takes, I think, is fascinating. It, I mean, it's one that we all do instinctively, but we don't think about it unless we're the creator like you, I guess. Um, how, how, how purposeful can you be about, about, I want the journey to start in this bit of the image and go this way? Um, you can be very purposeful. Um, you know, that, that's what... That's what composition's all about. <laughs> I know, I might be asking you, it's like, oh dear, Dan, like, duh, one, that's... One, 101. <laughs> but but I, I guess, tell us a bit more about how when you're, because you've you've got a lot of things going on. You've got a person, you've got a, moves that you can capture at any point. Um, you've got a background, you've got colour, um, and you've got light and dark, and there's probably many other elements that I'm not <clears> mentioning. But you're playing with lots of different things, and so is it at that point that you're deciding that or is it is it when you choose an image that you uh, tell me more <laughs> what point, what so, point? so um like when when i'm in a, in a photo shoot I, you know we we'll always shoot lots of pictures and we're always sort of um kind of improvising uh and, and trying out different different things and so on uh, and, and I see that part of the process as being, you know, gathering raw material. And then I'll, I'll, you know, it used to be I would go into the to the dark room, but now it's I'll go to my computer and, and start arranging things. Um, so everything that I do is defined by you know the frame of the of the photograph, just as in the theatre, everything's mm. defined by the, the the frame of the stage, you know. Um, and so where things occur within that frame uh, have have a, a weight and, a, and, and an importance and a significance. So arranging things within that frame is, 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 is one thing. Right. And then you, you can um, throw emphasis onto certain areas of the, of the image by control of contrast of, right. of um, you know, how dark or light things are and, and uh, that and how that's arranged around the, the, the frame. Yeah. Um, and then you can, you know, de-emphasize or emphasize color. You can change color. You can add color. Um, so you can use color as a very strong element to, uh, again, to either to guide people's journey around the frame or to give elements of of the um, picture different emphasis to to make them stronger or, or, or weaker or whatever or more significant less significant. Yeah. So there are lots lots of things that you you know you do as part of the process where you're um, sort of focusing people's attention on particular particular things or giving things you know significance and and so on. So it's yeah, there's lots of lots of things that you you very um, yeah, that you, you you do to draw people's attention to things. And I imagine, is it that you know you're looking at twenty images you've just taken, and some of them will naturally have captured um, 
a better journey than others or a journey that you can play with more than other another image yeah i mean with 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 dance you know a lot of it is as uh, you know i talked about before is about how the figure is sort of portrayed how how um easily you can read what the what the um body's doing mm. um because i think that's you know in in sort of a in um a, a bad dance photograph. Mm. If you can't really work out what's happening in, in in the body, then then you've got that sort of layer of of fustication, you know, that that makes it difficult to 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 read what's going on, you know. Whereas if it's clear what's happening with 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 the body, then it's much easier to understand, you know, that. And that's the story of the picture: what's happening with the with the body. That's the narrative, you know. So that's the basic narrative of it. Um, so there's that. You, you, you know, that's 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 one very important element. But then you've got all these supporting things. So it could be that um, we are choosing to photograph that dancer or dancers in a certain setting, mm. and whether that setting is there present in the studio when we shoot it, or whether I add it in afterwards through the wonders of digital technology. You know. So then you've got a whole other thing of putting in as you said jane details that that will um have a significance within that narrative you know or help people form a narrative so again that's an, an, another um layer of of uh of detail that you can you can add in and arrange and and um play with mm, great thank you i um i want you to take us to a specific moment i know i mean you have taken thousands and thousands of pictures but if you were gonna take us into a particular studio or wherever it might be with a particular dancer and a moment that happened take us there show us because I've never been in a studio with a well with with you doing what you do so take us into a moment (laughs) where are you um well I'll talk about I mean like the first the my first dance picture Okay, mm-hmm. um, which um, again, you know, the, that dance student that I met at the at the at the disco. <laughs> um, so then, as I, 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 you know, I said it was a very small step to to thinking, oh, I should photograph you. Um, and so we went into a studio at Larvin, um, just me and her, and my only thoughts were. Um, I've been looking at pictures, um, landscape pictures that uh, were of rock pools and the photographer had um, put his camera on a tripod and where the water was flowing through these rock pools, he'd done these very, very long exposures and so the water had just gone into this sort of filmy, gossamer sort of... um, mist mm-hmm. whereas the rocks were solid and sharp and so I, I thought okay so if someone's moving that's the thing that a camera can do a camera plus time plus movement mm. and you get that kind of effect that's amazing and it's something you can't see with the with the with the human eye it's, it's something that only a camera can can make happen so I thought okay so one of the things that I wanted to to, to do with you in the studio is I want to have my camera on the tripod. I want to try some long shutter speeds with you turning. Um, and then, so she would, she did, you know, said, Oh, I could turn like this or I could turn like this. Or, 
you know, what sort of turned you on? And I said, well, let's, let's try, you know, we tried various things. And then when she sort of span on the spot, so that she was revolving around the central point, central axis, I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's quite good. Let's, let's do a few more of those. Um, and that's, that's sort of, you know, how a lot of sessions go with, with me thinking, oh, I could try this thing mm. and maybe it'll, it'll work. And then suggesting that to a, to a dancer and then saying, oh, I could do this or I could do this. Is this the sort of thing you want? Yes, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah that, that, that looks good. Could you try this? You know, la, la, la. Back and forth. Um, and that's how most sessions sort of basically go. And from, from that session, um, I, did, I did two rolls of film, if, it, if you can remember that. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. because nowadays uh, you can say, try this and go, that doesn't work. Then yeah, you can see it immediately. No, then it was kind of guesswork. And it was, you know, I developed it, got it, got it into the dark room. Like, most of the pictures were just a bit mm, not that interesting. But there was one, one frame, one frame, which was incredibly overexposed, so I could hardly see what was on it. But when I got it into the um, uh, into the enlarger, I could just see that there was just a faint something there, and it took me ages to be able to print it um, because it took these you know, huge long exposures to actually get anything out of it. But it revealed this absolutely beautiful image. It was it was perfect, you know, just this one shot. And again, it was sort of like, like this is some sort of weird magic, you know, that's, mm. that's happening in front of me, mm. um, some alchemy, and that's what that's what it, it it always felt felt like, and still does feel like that 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 combination of you know camera and movement and light and time it does something that's kind of really unique, and um, I just love being a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, and. Because sometimes you just don't know what you've got. You no. discover what you've got. You've you've made something, you know, as you talk about, you're making the picture and it's your relationship with the dancer and you make mm. something. But sometimes you there is, as you say, that magic, that alchemy, because you don't know what you've made until you then stand back, get to stand back and, and witness yeah. and, and see it. And as a storyteller, it is exactly the same. Sometimes yeah. you don't know what story you're telling until you tell it and somebody says to you, oh, wow, I, I hear that in the story. It's mm. a close analogy. That's something I like about the, the way you've described, um, when you talk about composition in the pictures, that you're placing things there for, for us to interpret. You know, yeah. you, you have what you want to communicate and you and the choreographer and the dancer, um, but you kind of can't be explicit with an abstract uh, uh, well, you can you can be very representational but they're not like that the the kind of forms that you take pictures of so it's it's suggested and then handed over absolutely and then you know i i i think that the pictures that i i make are, are sort of um very much like um or i hope that they're like the process that uh, um the audience goes through when they watch the actual piece mm. in that you know the um these these dancers and performances take, they 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 don't take place on stage necessarily. They take place in people's minds, you know, mm. and that's where they're interpreted, and that's where people bring their own stories to bear on on what's what they're seeing and, mm. and they make their own interpretations. And you know, and it's the same when you look at a at a painting in a in a in a, a gallery or or whatever. You know, you, you, it's happening in your head, and 
what you take away from that is going to be different from the, from from the next person. So I always had that view with with the photographs that I I make, is that they are there to, as you say, sort of suggest things. That the details that I put in are not they're not sort of closed things. They're open. They're open to interpretation. They're open to people to to uh, make their own stories, have their own journeys through you know through through the pictures, and 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 that's. So that, that, that's, that's what I want them to, to do, to, to have that same process when they look at the pictures of forming these sort of ideas in their heads about what they think is, is, is going on, what they think they're seeing, uh, and forming a, a story in, in, their, in their minds with their imaginations, and, and, and because that's the same process that happens when you see stuff on, on stage. So there's, mm. there's that direct relation there. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's that's clearly what makes powerful art isn't it that there's a space where you can see something different than i can see than that person can see that we all have our own relationship to the work yeah and and it's it's there to ask questions not to answer them um because that's you know that's that that's the function of art isn't it it's to it's to it's to question things um if i get the sense that that must have been a real steep learning curve from the moment of stepping into the studio that first time with <laughs> a body moving and a, and a camera yeah. and your ideas, but also a kind of long, slow curve that you're still on. I'd love still on, yeah. yeah. I love that that, that I get um, your 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 passion coming through to still be in an experimental mm. learning space with your work. So. Yeah, because every time is different. Um, every, you know, new choreographer, new dancers, yeah. new ways of, of moving, uh, new ways of seeing things, trying to, to do new new things. So that's the beauty of um, collaboration is is that you're always off on another journey, you know, and, and you don't know where it's going to go. As you said, Jane, you know, you, 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 you start somewhere, but you don't know where it's going to finish up. And that's that's the beauty. Yeah. Of it. And, and most of the, the sessions that I do, as, as I said earlier, they, they're, they're quite improvisational um, because you, you have a sort of starting point, but you then play with that and, you know, see what happens. Um, so that, that it's always new. It's always renewing itself, even though it's, you know, I'm, I'm for all intents and purposes doing the same thing over and over. But it's always it's always new. It's always interesting. And the form is evolving, I guess. You know, the the, the dance form, the, the choreographers, that you know what what dancers do with their bodies. Yeah. So um, uh, again, uh, why I love working with contemporary dance is is that it takes in all. It's a very broad church. You know, it takes in all sorts of of training and and um, allows for, for 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 that. And it's. It, um, you know, and that could be from the the kind of theatrical end of of, of, of things through to more physical ways of, of mm. moving. You know, so it's 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 there's lots of different things that you can experience through through contemporary. Whereas ballet is very you know it's it's a very narrow view of of what um, dance can can be. Um, yeah. And if anybody looks at your work, they'll see that range, I think, from the Fanshaws and the Chumleys to Ron Michael Bear, Clark. to Michael Clark mm. to 
Richard Alston. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's amazing to see that range in your work. When you asked me to take you into the studio with, with for a photo shoot, I was tempted to describe a Michael Clark photo shoot, but maybe then we would have to edit it down. <laughs> we've we've seen a few of those images. Once yeah. once seen, never forgotten. Well, I think we can have a whole podcast dedicated to those. <laughs> I, I imagine. But but I mean, and we're, and we're laughing. But he was do he was really doing something different wasn't he, with, with bodies um, in space and yeah. bits, bits of bodies we don't always see. Yeah, and, and he, was, he was very much bringing his sort of, um, you know, kind of lifestyle mm. um, in, in onto, the, onto the stage. And people love that, you know, because his, what, you know, the way that he was living his life was, was kind of outrageous, you know, and, and, and really pushing things to, to, to the edge. Mm. And, and and I think that's what people found really exciting is that his performances were always on the on the edge. You you you, you thought there's a very real possibility of this being absolutely disastrous, yeah. um, but they weren't. They were always brilliant, yeah. teetering on the, on the, on the edge, you know. And the way that he moves himself, you know, you always think he can't possibly carry on moving like that because no one can. But but mm. he did. Mm. Um, so that's the excitement of watching him move. He was so, you know, incredibly graceful. But you always thought, "Be careful, my God!" <laughs> but he never, he never, you know, he never failed. You know, so um, on stage, yeah. And what's amazing about those images too is that they capture, you know, a moment in time. You know, you talk about. Mm lifestyle but the whole kind of the aesthetic of his work is just it's it's just a a slice of that time you know mm. mid three quarters of the way through or, or more than that i guess through the 20th century you yeah. know that's you know that is a, a real example of what was happening in in everything mm. i saw him like five years ago i was at glastonbury and he was there with his company and he wasn't dancing, but it was really early in the day and I was um, uh, watching him rehearse with his dancers, which was just... On the stage. On the stage, on the stage, which was amazing. Oh. Yeah, and his, I mean, his, his work has sort of evolved as well, you know, so um, he, the, you know, the last sort of um, five, ten years, he's been making these pieces that are so sort of rigorous in 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 their construction and and their form um they're almost sort of um uh it's sort of paired back to a to a to a minimum as far as the the um choreography is is concerned but so they they have this incredible minimalist kind of quality about them um but they within that you've got this um, sort of stark beauty um, that is, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. So you could look at his earlier work and say that they were these examples of sort of maximalism because he used to throw in everything, including the kitchen sink, you know, into, into the performances and they were wild and, and, and a bit mad and, and, you know, like I say, sort of always teetering on the edge of, of exploding. Mm. But now he's he's making these pieces that are sort of paired back to the to the to the minimum. They sort of have this really incredible stark quality about them. I love them. Mm. Mm. 
Chris, if you, as we kind of bring this to a close, if you think of where you're going with your work, what you're talking about Michael Clark's work evolving into what it is now and some that kind of pure thing that you've described. Um, what do you see as as what's interesting you now? <laughs> well, um, what's interesting me now, right now, is that I'm able to go back to work this last after the yeah. after the last year, which has been nobody performing awful you know nobody performing, nobody doing anything no work no nothing you know um so this last um month and the coming couple of months i'm actually working again and that feels like yeah. oh thank god you know because it, well you know what it's like but working free freelance in the creative industries you always think this job could be my last and you know it's a very real possibility that that might be the case you know so um, to be actually just back working with 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 dancers, choreographers, um, uh, you know, and all the you know costume people, makeup, you know, all all of those wonderful people who who have all got amazing skills and are all in you know not only um, really rewarding to to work with, but but you know just fun and. Mm. Yeah, that feels like that's all I want to concentrate on at the moment. Yeah. It's just enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see what emerges. Yeah, yeah, that, that. Yeah, and also just, but I mean, just being really, really thankful that that I'm still doing what I I do, you know, and and still being given chances to do do what I do, and uh, and still being able to make a bit of money out of it. I mean, that's yeah. You know. <laughs> right. Fantastic to hear you finish on that kind of note of collaboration. One thinks of, you know, photographers, a solo artist who does their thing, but, you know, that, that team that you're in. That yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like I said, said earlier, the, the collaborative nature of, of things is really important to me because um, you, you get taken off on these, these journeys and, and you, you you don't know where they're going to end up and you sort of go to all these sort of new, new places, new thoughts, new ways of looking at things. Mm. Um, and that is the wonder of collaboration, you know, because if you were just doing stuff on your own all the time, you'd probably end up just doing the same things over and over. So, mm. um, you know, collaboration is, is, is great. I, I love that aspect of, of, of what I do. It's, it's absolutely at the basis of it. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for taking us to, well, to the moment on the dance floor where that dance student, she didn't know what she was starting. She started this whole thing. She was, I think she knew she was starting something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it turned out to be, yeah, something else. <laughs> um, and that moment in the darkroom, just seeing that image of her emerge. Mm. Know, that magic so thank you very much thank you you're very welcome thank you for lovely. my basic tutorial about composition <laughs> and photography um but 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 and i'm being slightly facetious but not in in the way you've um introduced me to an idea of an image as a story and 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 that idea of the frame being like the the um, container of a story the the first line the last line and yeah. the, the go on between the two absolutely uh, beginning middle that. ends you know it's all there in in, in, in photographs so, yeah it's always there thank you chris you're welcome <laughs>